Hello, and welcome to Strength and Dignity. This is Michaela Estruth, and you are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, we are looking at and responding to an article written by Jennifer Fisher from Ms. Magazine. The article is titled, The Bonobo's Sisterhood versus White Supremacist Patriarchy. So, Jennifer Fisher is responding to a new book written by Diane Rosenfeld. The book is titled, The Bonobo Sisterhood, Revolution Through Female Alliance. And basically, what Jennifer Fisher is going to say is that she agrees with the author Rosenfeld, but doesn't think she goes far enough, and she's going to push for her to go further, and she's specifically going to tie not only this oppression against females, but specifically oppression against races. She, she says, versus white supremacist patriarchy. So not only is the patriarchy oppressive, but all of them are white supremacists. I did not know most of this before looking into this article, but the bonobos are an endangered great ape species living exclusively in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, or the DRC. So, according to some evolutionary theory, we evolved from these, and basically what the author, Diane Rosenfeld, is arguing is that we should model their egalitarian society and specifically look at the females in the bonobos and model after them, because she's basically arguing against the claim that patriarchy or male hierarchy is just natural and part of the system and kind of inescapable and that's why it's taking us so long to overcome it and she's saying no look at our ancestors or relatives i don't know i can't trace it all back but she's saying look at the bonobos they have an egalitarian society and we should model after them So I'll go into more of this later after we work out some of her argument, but I do just want to say I reject the evolutionary theory. I believe that we were created by God, by an intelligent designer who created us specifically different from the animals. He created us in the image of God, uh, male and female. And so to me, it doesn't feel right to be modeling human society and actions off of animals who are not created in the image of God. And again, I will go into more of that later, but we're also going to discuss just kind of the ironic contradictions that a book like this and then an article responding to a book like this raises. Basically, it's relying upon a theory that created a lot of the problems and uh, societal failures and tragedies of the 20th century that they would reject and and claim were horrible. And yet a lot of those problems, which we'll discuss in more detail, are traced back to an evolutionary theory. So let's just dive into Jennifer Fisher's article and her response to this book written by Diane Rosenfeld. So Fisher quotes Rosenfeld's book in which she writes, the bonobos are peaceful, loving, food sharing, freely sexual and xenophilic, meaning they love strangers. They do not fear them because they have nothing to fear, she writes. In The Bonobos, Rosenfeld finds proof positive that patriarchy is not inevitable. 
So that is the book's main purpose or argument, basically saying that if females ally together, what she calls a sisterhood or a revolution through female alliance, the subtitle of her book, that they can overcome this patriarchal system that is not actually inevitable and not actually ingrained, but something that we can escape because look at the bonobos and follow their example of being loving and sharing and peaceful and friendly with strangers. So this book is basically addressing an issue saying that women are still oppressed today and that there's still violence against women, specifically coming from a patriarchy. But I just want to point out that it's very easy in today's postmodern world to turn upon the self and have self-reflection and say, look at how horrible my life is, look at how oppressed I am. But Compared to much of history, women are far more equal, far have far more opportunities and and privileges and treated by society rightly today than they did in previous centuries or decades. And I'm not saying that horrible things don't happen due to the sin in this world and sometimes men abuse women or just disturb and distort the beautiful image that God created. But for the most part, it's not that every single female is doomed and being oppressed, as a lot of feminists want to paint, kind of how Betty Friedan in her book, The Feminine Mystique, painted this issue of the problem that has no name, or basically the home being a concentration camp, as we've discussed on previous episodes That's not the case, and let's just face it, none of us are living in a concentration camp, and honestly, it's quite insulting to the people who went through such a tragedy to call a home a concentration camp. So, to be fair, the author, Diane Rosenfeld, never uses those words as of I'm aware, but I just want to put us in that mindset of that this is where we are, where we're self-reflecting, self-focused, and talking about how oppressed we are. But let's get a perspective in the fact that really we are not. Let's turn our eyes outward and look at the past, look at the present and what's around us and be grateful for all the opportunities that many women did not have 100 years ago. So in this book, the author Rosenfeld calls us to a sisterhood of the bonobos. She says that this sisterhood will unite us across culture and race. And Jennifer Fisher responds, quote, The book offers a solution I'd love to see. Women coming together to build a true sisterhood with equality among and between all women. But this solution requires that we also effectively address other systems of oppression, such as racism, classism, and homophobia. So this is where I'm going to get into what I was alluding to at the beginning, just kind of the ironic contradiction of basically what this book is based upon and then the claims that especially the author of this article, Jennifer Fisher, is making. She's saying that the author didn't go far enough. Not only should we be avoiding female oppression, but we should also right all of these other wrongs such as racism, homophobia, classism. 
So again, this is a very socialist language, classism especially, saying that we should get rid of all order or divide or social ranking. And I just find it quite ironic that she's responding to this book to push for these things because let's just think about what this book is talking about. This book is based in an evolutionary mindset, basically that man evolved from primates or ancestors. And that theory, especially Darwinism, the theory that we grew and adapted and the fittest survived, is something that inherently influenced several theories, social theories of the 20th century. For example, eugenics. We talked about the court case Buck versus Bell uh, a few episodes ago, and that is inherently found in a theory of evolution saying that only the fittest should survive. And you can even find that in the language of the court case, that we want to breed the fittest, the best children, and therefore we must get rid of all of those who are unfit to live. So eugenics came from that. Obviously, eugenics had a huge influence on Adolf Hitler in the Second World War and in his attempt to reach an Aryan race where we are all perfect or we are all at least similar and the best looking, the highest qualities. And I've actually heard people argue against this saying, well, that's actually a horrible idea in terms of evolution because that would be horrible for breeding, which I, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but I'm not arguing against that. But we can't object to the fact that evolution started that, that theme, that idea of the highest race, even if it kind of contradicts breeding and reproduction. But in, it, in and of itself, it is found in an evolutionary idea. And also, as we've discussed many times, Margaret Sanger, her form of eugenics was found in Planned Parenthood. And that turned into not only eugenics, but also racism because she was trying to kill off a specific race and allow another race to rise. So all of these issues that came up, especially in the 19th and 20th centuries, have some sort of origin in the theory of evolution. And yet this author of this article is using a book that is based upon evolutionary theory to argue for things that are kind of against what evolution brought about. So she's arguing for an overturn of racism. She's arguing for equal class. She's arguing to erase class divisions. And she's arguing for the end of homophobia. And now we're diving, we're diving a little bit away from the topic of feminism that strength and dignity tends to focus on. But as we've talked before, they are all decently related. And so she, this author is saying feminism has not gone far enough. We need to counter racism. But let's address the fact that she's doing it in a racist way because she's basically implying that all white colored people are racist and must overcome that tendency. So what if we aren't though? What if we are appalled and grieved at the history of oppression and the history of racial division? And what if we condemn the way that 
ancestors acted in the past and instead love our brothers and sisters deeply no matter their color of their skin so that does not that does not make us racist and therefore we cannot come to the table with this mindset of we have to make up for what happened in the past so the author of the article jennifer fisher again quotes the author rosenfeld and says quote White bonobo sisters have unique work to do, she writes. White women have to identify, confront, and question our role in perpetuating white supremacy in patriarchy. So basically, again, connecting feminism to racism and saying they're both, they're, they're similar and they're related because of the idea of oppression. And so she says it's the job not only of the female to unite together and overcome female oppression but to unite together and overcome racial oppression but as i've said before the author of this article doesn't think rosenfeld goes far enough she says quote the book pointed to the door i needed to open without giving me all of the keys i needed to unlock it the work of ending patriarchy and building a bonobo sisterhood is also the work of ending white supremacy So she connects them even more overtly and clearly saying it's the same work, but this author didn't give me the correct, what she says, the correct keys, which I find a little ironic that keys is plural because typically if there's a door, there's only one key that works. And I don't mean to mock her writing. That's not what I'm saying, but I I will say that I think that's not a mistake. I think she intentionally used plural keys. And I think that's because in a postmodern age, we say that there any anything goes, basically. Whatever you want, you do you is a saying today. Um, whatever makes you happy. And so multiple keys can unlock a door. It's just the point is to get the door open. It doesn't matter what key you use, which we all know isn't actually true. The key is actually the crucial part and important. So that was a little side note about her writing, but it's just interesting to me as someone who does like to write, that writing every single word is chosen for a reason and it has meaning in it. And that just comes across in her worldview and in how she argues, it comes across and even in her choice of a singular versus a plural word. So as we've talked in previous episodes, this feminist movement, which is now connected to a anti-white supremacy movement or a CRT if you want to use that language critical race theory it never stops pushing she she says this author is right but she doesn't go far enough and she keeps pushing but I also find it interesting that she doesn't really answer what the keys are for herself she just critiques the author for not giving the correct keys but doesn't offer them as a solution in her article So now in response, as I mentioned at the beginning, I believe we were created by an almighty, omnipotent father and God who created us different from the animals. He created us in the image of himself. And so we should not be modeling our lives off of Uh, off of animals, off of animals that don't possess the image of God, that don't possess reason and wisdom and rationality. They don't have souls. So we should not be saying, oh, look at this class of animal. They're doing it right. So we should too. 
this book is almost implying that we're lesser than animals. But in Psalm 8, it says, You have made us a little bit lower than the angels and crowned us with glory and honor. Psalm 8 is talking about just how majestic the Lord is and his name goes throughout all the earth. And he says, the, the author David, King David says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And then says he created us to be a little lower than the angels. And yet here we are basically lowering ourselves below the animals who God did not make in his image. And so, yes, in terms of our relation between God and man, what is man? But in our relation between animals and man, man clearly has superiority and we should not be modeling ourselves off of animals. And then lastly, I just want to address this this idea of oppression being found in roles and being found in hierarchy and being found in different classes or societies. As she said, she's not only pushing against patriarchy, but she's pushing against classism and homophobia. So gender roles, basically. But roles provide order, as we've talked about. And the only way we can have freedom is through order. As I've given the example previously of sports games, all sports games have rules because you can't play a game without rules. It would be pure chaos. Same with society. You can't have a functioning society without specific roles and tasks. And you you have to find freedom in those tasks because freedom is found when you act in accordance with what the Lord has set before you and do it for his glory. And Paul writes and addresses this when he writes to the Corinthian church. And he, he reminds them that the church even has its own role. People have their own roles within the church and not one is more important than the other, but they are different. That's the same in marriage. That's the same in society. Class distinction, marriage distinction between husband and wife, father and mother, those roles are not bad, but they're there for a reason. They're actually beautiful and good. So I'm going to end with Paul's words to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 12, he says in verse 2, There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. And he continues on. And then in verse 13, he says, We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit. And so we are formed into one body. God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? And then in verse 20, he says, As it is, there are many parts but there is only one body. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. So this idea in Paul's language that you do belong, you belong in the body of Christ and your role is not lesser because someone else's role is different from yours. This is the same passage that many of you may be familiar with the eye saying to the foot, "You, I don't need you, and cutting it off. But 
what how can the body function without a foot but then again how can the body function without an eye they need the body needs both of those members all of the members contribute to one body in the same way in the church all of the different tasks all of the people in the church contribute to the body of christ in a marriage the husband and the wife have different tasks, different roles. It doesn't make them less equal before God. They are just different and they contribute to one another and they can grow to love and care for one another more because one person is better at the task that he's been assigned and the other person is better at the task that she's been assigned and they can thank one another and rejoice that together they are complete. They are one and they are whole before the Lord. It's the same with the family and the mother and the father and even in society there are different jobs. There are different classes and that doesn't make it wrong. Not everyone can have the same role in society because when all the puzzle pieces fit together, that's when it forms a beautiful picture. So that's all I have for today. Thanks for listening to Strength and Dignity. This is Michaela Estruth and you are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.